welcome to the Gatecast and our journey through the Stargate, through SG-1, Atlantis and Stargate Universe. Destiny. The design is clearly ancient, launched hundreds of thousands of years ago. We are on a ship, but we have no idea where we are in relation to Earth. These are the wrong people in the wrong place. Sure did. Why'd you do that? He told me to. I have a gun. What happened? Greer. Greer shot him. Each week, Alan and Mike will be following the adventures of the crew of the Destiny, along with one or two guest hosts. Join us for everything that is Stargate Universe. Good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode, no, 234, isn't it? Add 100. Oh, sorry. 334. <laughs> 323. Ah, bugger. I told you I switched the post. Okay, so 324. No, 323. 323. Season 1, episode, insert here. 13. 13, thank you. Faith. And we have a returning guest. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes. Sorry, I thought there was going to be a little bit more. <laughs> Turn up the bass a little, will you? <laughs> Welcome back, Steve. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, this was a... Well, it wasn't short notice by us, Steve, if he was interested in doing this episode, since we didn't have a guest for it, and he uh, kindly agreed. We organised a time, because uh, everybody's got plans. Well, I say everyone, but Alan has. I can't help it if I suddenly have a busy life. Things might calm down a bit by the time we get back to filming, but I think we'll be done by then. Pretty close, yeah. My plans involve more podcasting. <laughs> well, whose fault is that? Uh, I'm sure I can find some way to blame Alan. <laughs> you wouldn't do that to me, would you? Of course. Mike paid me well. Well, you never listen to the show afterwards, Alan. You'd be amazed at what gets put in. <laughs> I've got an audio bank of everything you've ever said, and I can, can rearrange it however I want. <laughs> Are you just trying to up the download numbers? No, I think we wait past getting new listeners. Although we, we did get a new listener from the Andromeda podcast. He wanted a link so he could listen to us from the beginning. I tried to warn him off, but he would have none of it. <laughs> Abandon quality, all ye who enter here. Yeah, well, that was during the Scott days. Well, Scott didn't do that many episodes. Although it was over a quite long period of time. We were a tad intermittent. Yeah, scheduling wasn't really a big thing back then, was it? No, drinking was. <laughs> yeah, that could explain it. Don't you recall, we did several podcasts where I started drinking while we were recording. I can't remember, seven or eight years back. We haven't been doing it that long, have we? The first episode went out in 2008. Yeah, but our first regular weekly. Probably a good 18 months after that then. Mm. So you did, what, maybe three or four episodes in two years? <laughs> Not a way to build an audience, is it? But those episodes are fantastic download figures, because I think you were the only Stargate podcast at the time. <laughs> <laughs> if only I kept it up. <laughs> What I wanted to do, after, if you don't mind, is a note at least regarding Jerry Doyle. As many of you listeners probably know, and especially since I tweeted about it, Babylon 5, despite the fact that I've been doing this for more years than I care to recall, is one of my favourite shows and is in fact the subject of my current only ink. Sadly found out Jerry Doyle, who plays the irrepressible Mr. Garibaldi, as Wanda would say, Died at age 60. Very little further information is available. Police say they don't suspect foul play, but cause hasn't been released and we may never know. And I'm just 
a little angry because they seem to be killing off the principal actors from my favorite science fiction show. Briefly, Tim Choche, who played Zathras, Andreas Katsoulis, who played Jakar, Michael O'Hare, who played Sinclair, the commander of the show for the entire first season and a brief guest in season four, and Richard Briggs, who played Dr. Stephen Franklin. It's roughly half of the main cast has died at this point in a show that was only on 20 years ago. It's tragic, and it makes me sad. Either the rest of you want to add anything to that? Yeah, to uh, paraphrase JMS, who wrote a small article about it, while he didn't agree with the political opinions of Jerry, he considered him a professional actor, never let him down when he came to filming Babylon 5, just a total professional. Jerry actually, some years after Babylon 5 wrapped, Jerry ran for Congress on the Republican ticket, which if you know anything about JMS or you've seen anything he's ever written, is about as far apart politically as it's possible to get. I believe I believe his phrase, he described Jerry as somewhere right of Attila. Oh yeah, he's definitely, I've heard a little bit of his uh, talk show back in the Babylon podcast days. Mm-hmm. Okay then folks, like I said, we're not going to muck around too much, we're going to jump pretty much straight in. Tonight's episode is going to be Faith, this is taken from the Region 2 DVD. It has a runtime of 41 minutes 50 seconds. Uh, we are all queued up. I assume we're all queued up on uh, the black screen. Indeed. Excellent. Counter set to zero. If you want to watch along with us, get the same format. And when Alan does his three to one clicky, just press play and everything should sync up. But really, the podcast is meant to uh, just be listened to without any video. Mainly why I uh, keep in all that copyright material, which nobody's actually told me I couldn't do. Apparently, Rick Astley has made approximately 7 million of people being Rickrolled because any advertising revenue, which is associated with the video every time it's played, goes to him because he owns it. He owns the right to the song. He owns the song, but he also owns the video. How did he get that back to the record company? Record companies are not known for being that generous. I think he actually went out and bought it. Yeah, record company executive. This will never make any money. Yeah, it was sort of along the lines, it wasn't quite along the lines of the Star Wars distribution company who said to Lucasfilm, I'm sure, yeah, you can have the time merchandising, nobody would be interested. <laughs> no. Tired of your everyday commute? Wish you knew what movies to watch? We offer you Flash Pulp! Three to ten minutes of fiction, brought to you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday evenings, with goodies every Sunday, with Three Day Fish, who is always listening. Right, Stephen, what is your language preference from those that I have professed to knowing? (laughs) We put him to sleep. Say something. Helps to unmite the muke. Oh. Unmite the muke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm totally sure what it is. Is it a sort of mule that's been microwaved? I uh, had a bit of a coughing fit, so I thought I'd mute the mic. As a point of interest, since you've mentioned that, I think it's a uniquely Hibernian English thing, but I wanted to check. Does British English have a colloquialism for microwaving something of nuking it? Yeah, we sometimes say nuke, but I think that's actually come from America. Oh, good. Hibernian English is influencing... English. Sorry, I just I suddenly had a flashback to Star Trek with Chekhov trying to say everything came from Russia. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the new movie. 
<laughs> I know, it's great. I can't really say any more without commenting on plot details. So I'll... Yeah. <laughs> so, as I said, and you probably replied to... Yeah, I did say, unless you'd learnt Latin since um, air, um, may as well stick with English, because I can just about manage that. English? Intriguing. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one, cookie. This is what Destiny intended from the moment it entered the star system. Right, episode trivia. We're watching Faith, Season 1, Episode 13 of Stargate Universe. This is Gatecast Episode 323. This episode was written by first-time Stargate Universe writer Dennis McGrath and directed by William Wearing. Premiered in America and Canada April 16th, 2010. In the UK April 27th, Germany April 28th and Sweden June 4th. Lots and lots of series with episodes of the same name. Suits, NCIS, Doctors, Wycliffe, Hercules, ER, Law and Order, Supernatural, Third Watch, Outlander, and Battlestar. You're taking Rush's side. Rush was an inconvenience, so Colonel Young left him on that planet to die. I suspect Rather is going to feature a particular character. Well, Universe really focuses on one particular character. Always tend to split the story up, don't they? Mm, well, a title like Faith would indicate in a leaning towards one character. Um, I don't know. That's a pretty shot. Didn't you want that to continue until it finished? It's a stop shot, though, no matter how good it is, when, if you see it every episode. She she's looks like, a bit wrecked. Yeah. She's looking a bit tired. Yeah, but we've all had mornings like that. The alarm goes off, you sit on the edge of your bed, and you just sit there thinking, do I get up or do I not? And you always do. I thought that was a Fitbit for a second. And we, we've talked about shaving these last couple of episodes, and here we are. Ah, and the disposable razor is starting to go a bit because he's managed to cut himself. Oh, the... The, uh... <laughs> the yummy food. Come on, cheer up, everybody. <laughs> he's... Should you be out of bed? That's, uh... Too much work to be done. We'd best get on with it. Apparently not. Well, you can say they did have surgery on the last episode, sliced him open. Yeah, he, he doesn't like not doing anything. I can understand that. Somebody's happy, though. You've got to be happy if you... Oh, Brody, in the suit. Repressurizing! Anybody else, when you first saw it, think, God, let something bad happen. Just mm. <laughs> yeah. throw him against the bulkhead. <laughs> the world doesn't hold, and out he goes. <laughs> well, not as severe as that, but... <laughs> Look at that. I bet Brody's never felt as manly as he does now. Mm. I'm in a spacesuit and I'm doing welding. Beginning with navigation and propulsion. Roger that. What the hell are you doing? Repairing the damaged shuttle, if that's all right. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're on them, can't help it. Antagonise each other. The thing is, Young is at least trying. Yes, very. Yeah, he, he came in and sort of... It was at least some sort of concern. Um, but of course, Rush just <laughs> off-handed remarks straight away. Mm. Well, Rush is very really out of a sarcastic mode. It's his default setting. Yeah. Do you know anyone who isn't? That must have taken quite the effort. You have no idea. Lieutenant Scott, we just dropped out of FTL. Yeah, I'm sure he noticed. Well, it depends. It's not like. The Hatak, where you actually physically feel the ship drop out. Well, you say that, but when, especially at the beginning of the series, 
you see that sort of blur that yes, happens. Yes, you do. So they they um, didn't carry that on. That no, that cost probably cost too much. Yeah, but that's the sort yeah, of thing I would. Fair. Are we topping up? I would have expected them to always experience that sort of blur when it goes in and out, just for the fact that they're not showing it. So I would have thought that they everybody would have actually known that they've come out of FTL. Ships that are seeding the gates ahead of destiny. I thought they send a record of the star systems in our path. So an unexpected star. Yes. Not on the navigation charts. Bit of a puzzle. Because as I know, the seed ships have uh, pretty much do the recon. Yeah. Right, sit tight, guys. Gate's not dialing. There might be some kind of a glitch in the database. And here I was worried I'd have to cut short my delicious meal. Is everyone still fed up? Yeah, no doubt the uh, brief strawberries and... She looks shattered. It's a good reddening of the eyes. She'd run out of shampoo, obviously. Yeah. There's still the aftermath, of course, of the mutiny. Yeah. So, yeah. pretty much military, them and us. Still sitting in their little groups and avoiding yeah. eye contact. Mm-hmm. The commentary for this episode was Brian J. Smith, Patrick Gilmore and Elena Huffman. Elena had a three-month-old daughter with her. Charlene is the uh, baby that Elena is carrying in this episode. Hmm. You will notice a number of scenes where you do not see her stomach or she's casually holding something in front of her stomach. Or you see her back. Yeah. She is very pregnant compared to her character at this point. I see. Because Destiny didn't know it was here, the star's gravity well disrupted our propulsion systems causing us to drop out of FTL prematurely. It's a glitch in the technology. So what happens now? We've entered the parabolic course. Once we're around the star, we'll be far enough away from its gravitational influence, back into FTL, and on our way. Is it me, or the mapping out of where they're passing the star, is it not two different trajectories on the two different images on that same screen? Dangles. The one on the top right doesn't look as deep as the one that you see where they say, now this is where we can get shuttles. Um, so it's like they might have changed it to try and... Because it also seems that, yeah, you're going and you're skirting around a sun, you're not going to get that far around, especially if it's on autopilot. One might be Destiny's projection and one might be Rush's projection. Or one might be the top view and one might be the planned view. Either way, road trip the database a dozen times no evidence of any glitch or anomaly but again if it's made a stop why wouldn't it go through just to refuel if it's going that close in the first place probably doesn't need refueling perhaps it only refuels when it needs 50% or a certain level the fact that it's come out of FTL unexpected perhaps destiny itself is surprised it's been forced out of FTL well, yeah, the reason why it got forced it always seemed a bit off to me. It's just like a bit of gravity. It's just like, well, you're faster than light. Is a little bit of gravity when... It's very simple. It was forced out for reasons of plot. Yeah, but you've got to have logical explanations. Otherwise, you're just watching Flash Gordon. Yeah, the thing is, you could have simply said, Destiny picked up something that wasn't there, and it's now scanning. Yeah. That would have been, to me a much better explanation about why it drops That's out. That's a great overlay, is it? Ship looks too big relative to the planet. Alright, we're through the upper atmosphere. Everything looks good. We're going to set her down on that landmass directly below us. It did show off a little bit more detail on the shuttle. And what part of Canada is this? 
That's good CGI. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting better with the green screen. Did anyone else watch the honest trailer for Pokemon Go? No, I don't even know what Pokemon is. I'm planning to find out either. Totally off topic, but there is a triple X parody of Pokemon Go at the moment. Oh dear. <laughs> you can imagine what you see through their phones. Mm. It's pure. Yeah, there is fresh fruit, fresh water, almost like Eden. How you feeling? Great. A little sunshine, fresh air, water, just what I needed. Yo, check this out! <laughs> and here comes Greer. <laughs> I like that spit. <laughs> they look like Spanish gooseberries. Loaded with these things. Hmm. <laughs> Looks like a kiwi. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what <laughs> <because> it is. <laughs> <laughs> Jamil had a problem when he was filming this episode. He got swine flu. Oh, no. All the time between takes, he literally had to go and lie down. And as I, as I said in the commentary, he's got a habit of always drinking from other people's bottles or, you know, eating off their plate. Mm. They were seriously worried for a while. Do you know why it's called a kiwi? No. Because the actual name for it is Chinese gooseberry. But ah, following okay. the Second World War, they didn't think people would want to eat something called Chinese gooseberry. So they called it kiwi fruit instead. Alien creatures slithering around? No, nothing. It's weird, but it's daytime, so who knows what comes out at night. All right, load up the shuttle and head on back. Do a fly over the area on your way. Copy that. Scott out. So you didn't say which part of Canada this was? British Columbia, that's as far as I can narrow it down. Some of the scenes were in Port Coquilliam. Elena says she came from, she was born in this area. But this area looks remarkably like that. Where uh, Jack and Harry got marooned. It oh, does. yeah. I've also seen parts of Finland which look nearly identical to this. Yeah. And Battlestar, where they found that temple on that planet. That looks like it as well. But I can't confirm the location. Mm. But this you can see where the money's spent. They go a lot further afield than SG-1 or Atlantis did. It's funny. Already, just uh, maybe a few hours on the planet, TJ looks much better. And now for a little sightseeing. Way, that's very. Yeah, they got this. That would just be a green screen. Doesn't make any sense. Ship not knowing about this place. Of all the planets to put a stargate on, I would think that. Map painting. Yeah. It's not real uh, footage. Strange music. Something's going to happen. Almost choral. Oh dear. <laughs> well, that's different. It's a Washington Monument. I think somebody just finished watching Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going, dear God, where did they waste four of those seven years? Okay, perhaps you can clarify this for me, because I never fully understood it. Mountain ranges are made by tectonic activity as plates crushed together. Mm-hmm. So would that remain an unstable area millennia afterwards, or would it be... It depends. California is quite mountainous. Is it? Yeah. They've got hills, I want to call them mountains. Yeah, but they've got, they've got buddy Rockies on the border with us. I was going to say, you've got the Rockies that go down. Ugh, the end of Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Blanks looks from everybody. that was placed there after the gate seeding ships had passed through. Wait, you're telling me they built the star, too? That would make them the number one all-time advanced civilization. Now, this is an excellent sci-fi plot. Mm-hmm. It's a Dyson sphere without the covering. Dyson Sphere is pure technology. Yeah, the Dyson Sphere is actually supposed to go around a star that's already yeah, there, yeah, not yeah, creating yeah, a star. 
they built the star and the planet and they just didn't bother putting the shell on it. <laughs> but then if you're going to do that, why bother with the planet? We swing back into range once we circle the star and before we jump to FTR. We send the team down now, pick them back up in a month's time. But yeah, when it came to the Dyson Sphere, you could actually build on the shell. You wouldn't need to have planets. Well, that's it. They actually, you know, took the planets and used them for resources. Well, maybe the planet is there and they, they broke the rest up to build the sphere and then decided to do it somewhere else. Yeah, we're, we're overcomplicating this, I think. Okay. You remember the complete Just to say this out loud, assuming that this star and this planet were created by the most incredibly advanced aliens ever, maybe they don't want anyone messing around with it. We need the food and medicine. I agree. The gains outweigh the risks. Do they? We're 0 for 3 on Close Encounters of the Third Kind. What makes you think that these guys are going to be any different? Sci-fi reference from Eli, Third Kind. Well, the Wrath of Khan was pretty obvious. True. Yeah, but isn't that about to come up? <laughs> no, no, it's already gone. Oh, that's gone. Sorry, we were going to get that. See, we liked about Cumberbatch, but he didn't hold a candle to Ricardo. <laughs> this is it, Eli. Although I, I did read a Asimov short story where uh, humanity, millions of years in the future, could build stars. Yeah. I suppose, theoretically, you know, the physics could be worked out, even if we're totally incapable of doing it. See, notice you can't see much of TJ at this point. <laughs> yeah. Or a bump. I thought you said or a bump. Well, you can't see a bomb. I did say bomb. It's good, though, that they've taken the same way that they're filming both the women there. So that way it doesn't look like it's odd just for TJ's character. Yeah. Funnily enough, they were talking about a pregnancy. And, and uh, I think it was Brian who said he has actually got some photos of Elena doing a handstand while she was pregnant. Because someone dared her that she couldn't. Clearly she did Pilates. I went round the clock watch on camps, guard details on every science team going into the woods. Yes, sir. Hopefully we'll be able to fix the damn shuttle before you return and double up on supplies we can bring back. Her kids love her working on superhero shows. You know, she was in Smallville. Um, what was the other um, TV series she was in where had abilities? Um... Oh, she was in Supernatural, but she was a demon there. Yeah, no. You all set? Yes, sir. Cole will be looking after Franklin in the infirmary while I'm away. Told her to contact me if there's any change in his condition. See, the, the equipment harness is hiding a stomach at this point. They do. They actually work very well with this. No. They all, always plan, you know, the idea of having a, one of the crew women get pregnant. It just probably came along quicker than they thought. We're clear. We'll see you in a month. I think she said that Brad Wright muttered, why does it always happen to us? Painkiller Jane. Ah, that's it, yeah. That's where she worked with William Wearing, the director as well, whose son also works on this episode in the props department. He created the uh, artfully mixed vomit that Elena has to discharge. So have they taken both shuttles down there? No, only one. The other one's broke. But Rush were fixing it. Trying to fix it. Is it me or does the shuttle actually look a little bit bigger now? <laughs> They've got all this equipment, so I think they sort of made it bigger. It looks more when it's you know actually connected to Destiny, but we've seen 17 odd people in it. Mm. Well, no, what I'm thinking of is, of course, when they went to evacuate that time and they had all the supplies in it and you just see how many people are there. It's just like, okay, well, it didn't look like you could fit that many people and that much equipment in there. Previously, establish a perimeter. Uh, sun moves that way, guys. 
Over here? Sun moves that way, so that's west, okay? River's back that way by half a click uh, kilometer. Uh, we'll sleep in the shuttle for now, but I want shelters built ASAP. Well, how many of you guys have gone camping before? <laughs> camping. Maybe they should have asked that before they yeah. decided who was going down to the planet. Although at this point, you know, we're... Why is Chloe here? What reason... What can Chloe possibly contribute to this? I think basically he asked for volunteers, anybody that was willing to go. I don't have a team yet. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry. Uh, do you like helping TJ with plants? Uh, yeah, sure. So, basically, she's a booty girl. No, they aren't sleeping together at the moment. No, and he didn't even know that she was coming because she came aboard and he was like, oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> is that what you told him to do? Right, that is Morrison, played by Vincent Gale. Six episodes of Universe, and he also appeared in SG-1. Start digging. What? No, you can't make me. You too. But, Sergeant, You're going to go. dig, okay? You're both going to dig... And you're going to love every moment of it, or you will keep digging until you do. You can't make me. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can also make him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Greer really isn't someone you want to take off. <laughs> Operational. <laughs> yeah, we're all friends now. We're not friends. I'll shoot you until you are. And that's something you don't realise. Greer's often the mean and moody one, but he, more than anybody else, has made an effort to bridge the gap between the civilians and the military. When he was eating that potato, you know, that sweet potato lie. They were all laughing potato. and joking. Is she meant to be pregnant, just not that pregnant? Well, at this point in the story, she doesn't know she's pregnant. She's probably getting the idea. Obviously, she's a medic. Do you think she's decided she's not having periods because she's stressed? Maybe. But no, she's getting morning sickness. She knows that she's pregnant. Pretty sure. We are stuck here. Actually, the guy I'm doing the thing with tonight says he loves Universe, and I said you should come on. Might manage to wrangle another guest. Well, look at the schedule and let me know, and we'll pencil him in. I told them that. I told them to look at the schedule. I gave him a link to the website. Hey. Hey. Now, this is annoying me. The writers cannot make up their mind if we're supposed to like Camille or not, because after the, the past week or so, we hated her again. And now this scene is is fantastic, and we like her again. But that's the thing. That's what I love about Universe is you're not always supposed to like or hate the characters because it's just like anybody you know. There are some days people just drive you crazy and you just think, I hate this person. <laughs> They're so annoying. <laughs> um, and it's they've reflected that in the TV series. Everything's not just one-sided, depending on what is happening. Mm. And especially like especially when you've got like people you just work with that aren't especially friends. Some things they do or something they're trying to push forward just drives you nuts and really just pisses you off. And then other times you can sit down and you can have a laugh like you're all tummy. Um, that, that's me and our sales guy. <laughs> and yeah, this program does reflect that sort of interaction with people. Not to mention they're living on top of each other as well. So you're going to get in, a lot of tension. In fairness, they're not really living on top of each other. Look at the size of the bloody ship. I've seen apartment buildings with less space. Yeah, but they've got a common eating area, mm. common washing area. So Yeah, you can't really avoid people um, as such. You can't just go out and do something completely different away from them. Because, well, there's not much to do. So they are on top of each other to a certain extent. But yeah, if they wanted to avoid each other, then yeah, the ship is big enough and they've looked around enough to fail to at least avoid people if they wanted, I suppose. But you're one of the few who actually seems to mean it. Oh, well, we got to work it out, right? 
It's interesting that we've now been given the time down here to do that. Yeah, well, we're pretty lucky to find this place. This is probably one of the prettiest places they've ever had on Stargate of any of the series. Just a babbling brook going through the countryside. Beautifully composed image. Makes me homesick for Finland. And a great choice, as, as you said, Alan, you know, the religious aspect we've got. Yeah. It's going to resonate. Of course it's going to resonate. To me, this was the first time that they really sort of look at God as God. Because, of course, with Stargate, you've always had, you've like the gold, you've had them pretending to be gods. And you've never really had religion, as in our religions, really sort of put over in much of Stargate at all. Yeah, this is the sort of first time we really see about sort of contemplating God and, as the title says. Do you think this is the point? Do you think Rush was aware of the other bridge at this stage? No. Is that what he's really looking for? But then again, I've seen the episode before, so... Yeah. He must assume there's a bridge. Mm -hmm. They know that isn't the control centre. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. he, he said near the beginning that was the science station, if I recall. Yeah. Um, they've just tied in and they're using that to access parts of the ship. So he he knows it's not the bridge, but they're looking for um, access codes in order to get into the system more to find out more about where things are. Fate brought us here? I don't know, maybe. Maybe that's what brought us to Icarus and then Destiny. <laughs> you don't believe that? Well, you missed your flight and the plane crashes. You weren't spared for a reason. God doesn't have a master plan for you. Things just happen. So, we're born, we live, we die. It's all random? Yeah, and along the way you do the best with whatever crap you happen to step in. Yep, live your life the best you can while you've got this time on Earth because you don't know what's coming next, if anything. I'm starting to get a bad feeling. Ah, these pair again. Me too. Well, a bit late now. I'm afraid we made a mistake sending those people down to that planet. There must be some incredible filters on that, whatever material that, that is emulating glass. Mm. You shouldn't be able to stare at the sun that close. And where did yeah. they get the leather sofa from? Because I only ever recall uh, benches. They used, yeah, they used to be very hard benches, <laughs> didn't they? Somebody's missing some furniture in their uh, particular cabin. I think that um, they've obviously been doing some looking around and they've obviously found some stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I always thought that was funny. It's just like, yeah, where did the leather couch come from? And once again, Ron Blacker is the advisor on the show. He, he did a lot of the survival training. And someone actually looking like they're in pain after surgery. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, usually it's like at the beginning of Stargate Universe, you've got Young back on his feet looking like he, it's all been healing for two weeks. Um, yeah. So I, I thought it was good, although in some parts it did look a bit too over. Okay, that's pretty. Now, not quite sure if that's just being high or it's actually going on to sort of creepy at that point, him just sort of standing there. Well, yeah, if you stand and stare for a while, then it gets a bit creepy. <laughs> if you just walk up, say, morning and carry on going, that's Because that's how it sort of looked to begin with, and then it sort of zooms out and he's just standing there. It's just like, yeah, that looks like it's getting a little bit too creepy. <laughs> well, if Chloe was going to build bridges, you know, she'd just stand up and beckon him towards her. I mean, she grinned, obviously, you know, she was pleased he saw her. But it's going to take a while for the... Not too long, obviously. But then they're there for a month, so we're giving yeah. quite a bit of time. Very nice waterfall. Yeah, very nice waterfalls. I wonder if TJ can name it. She's probably the first person to actually discover it. And for the first time in this episode, I think she looks quite happy. More berries. 
Oh, that sounds a bit. No, TJ doesn't sound too good at all. Oh no, not good. Hey, you okay? <laughs> of course she is. Never make a doctor, will you, Chloe? <laughs> yeah, are you okay? Just throwing up. I'm sure you're fine. I thought you were feeling better. Yeah, I am. Here, let me help you back to camp. You should lie down. Yeah, Chloe. Yes, I'd be worried you'd dead somebody that disagreed with you. That's the first thing you ever say, isn't it? Something looks wrong. Yeah. It's just like, you okay? Is it? You know it's they're not. <laughs> it's obvious, but still, it's just something you end up going, are you okay? How far along? About 15 weeks, right before we left Icarus. But nobody knows, and I, I'd like to keep it that way. Eventually, they're gonna... I know. I know, but not now. I'll figure out when the right time is, okay? Elena was delighted she could have her hair down for this episode. They had a quick discussion about regulation Air Force air lengths. Also talked about the dog tags. You can't, you're not supposed to be able to see your dog tags. So because she had a shirt open, they had to be on a long chain and nestle between her breasts. <laughs> I have no objections to anything nestling between Elena's breasts. Yeah, Brian chimed in and says, well, you should see how far down his dog tags go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is when you really need long-range shuttles so you could ferry all this produce back. Yeah, this is Young's, isn't it? Could be. Well, the fact that she says, what about the father and Young is force and centre in the next shot, you know? That's sort of... Robot. Something that we see a little bit later on in the series. Yes, at this point we don't need any robots, so we'll, we'll ignore it for the time being. But it also shows that they have, of course, at the beginning it was always, yeah, don't open anything. So it's, yeah. again, showing that they are looking around the ship so they're not going out their way to sort of show it how do we know how long they're going to be here because of the orbit of the destiny they said it's four weeks two days yeah. and so many hours she'll be back in range for the shuttle to make the trip in about a month i see then she jumps out now this scene was shot about four o'clock in the afternoon daylight and filtered all done in post just colour timing that's really good Incredible, isn't it? I remember an episode of SG1 where they did the same thing with uh, Bow Bridges and uh, Ben Browder on the cabin step and they filmed it, you know, supposedly at night but in day. But I think they perfected it here. Yeah, seeing as you look at sort of like the 4400 when yeah. scenes are in the daytime and you can tell that it is actually day. Wait, what's that? Oh, now that's a shot. But, yeah, you look at that. They should have shown that, you know, beam of light or something flashing up. So it depends which direction it's going. You could have put it in and bluffed the viewers quite easily. <laughs> I have a question. Um, it was going to take four weeks to get back into range. They are not in instantaneous radio range by well, any stretch of the imagination. But they're not using radio. They're using the ancient communications device yeah. on the shuttle. Which obviously doesn't rely on light speed transmissions. No, oh, okay. Because that was the issue I had with Firefly. You never explained the instantaneous transmission across boundary distances. If they build generation ships, I assume they come up with a better communication system as well. Destiny is almost in range. Colonel Young wants us to start breaking up camp. Get ready to head back. What about the obelisk? I still need time to yeah, figure out. We don't have out. enough time. We need to be ready to fly as soon as Destiny is in range so we can make a couple trips. Get all that food back to the ship. All right, people, you heard the man. Move your asses. Let's go. They've probably had a month of beautiful weather. Still isn't good enough to be able to predict a planet's weather patterns. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, no. 
Yes, no. <laughs> Young. Which one is it? <laughs> Getting fed up with this. The right and up and down. And up and down. But like I said before, too many problems with propulsion. We got four directions. Fact is, we may never be able to fully repair it. Yeah, at the end of the day, they're not ancient scientists. They haven't got access to the materials, that you know, the databases they need. I, I have a question, though. I mean, I presume if there's time, they're going to fly back in the shuttle with people and they come back down and take as many loads of food as they can. It depends how much time they've got. They may only have time for one or two passes. Then they shouldn't have brought all those people. They should have just packed as much food as they could in, practically speaking. They didn't know there was food there. No. Or why? Rush is being consistent. He mourns the loss of the opportunity to gain more knowledge. She's looking better. Yeah, she is, but there's no red eyes. She looks upset still, but she's looking better. Just going back to the previous scene, you saw, of course, Rush still continuously sitting on his own. But, um, yeah, it was interesting, the fact that he seemed very disappointed that it's a puzzle he won't get to figure out. Yeah. Well, it's a huge addition to the show, isn't it? Mm. And obviously, we've seen we've seen the series before, we know what they do with it. And you just think, there was so much more. The thing is, this is one of the episodes where we don't actually see the Stargate. You've heard people talking about it, they like it here. Okay, I like it here too, but we cannot stay. It is out of the question. Why not? If people want to stay, they have the right. Where the hell have you been? we got to move. I'm not going. Brian was a, a little disappointed with this scene. He thought his character was a bit too aggressive with TJ. As I pointed out, though, it's easy to question your performance after the fact. Second guess yourself. But the thing is, taking it from his character, so from what he says about what he knows about her relationship mm -hmm. as well, you can see why he would sort of go why and especially sort of military wise that's another person down when yeah you've only got a certain amount of people aboard well he's conflicted himself he likes it here as well yeah, we were led here for a reason oh for god's sake oh my god they're engaging in cargo cult thinking i love that <laughs> he's talking about oh it was made by this godlike race and it's like oh for god's sake <laughs> it's just like that's, that's fantastic whoever put that line in it was just brilliant dr volker you said you found evidence it gets very cold here it's well below freezing for months tj so we'll build better shelters i don't even think it will come to that the beings who created this world will return well dr kane was a very interesting character you know when you when you think hang on a minute okay you're you're, you're spiritual you're religious but you've got space travel. You know there are aliens out there. Many religious people can adapt themselves to any idea. I'm surprised neither of you commented on my cargo boat. I'm pregnant. Scott thinking, uh, oh God, it's not me, is it? No, thank God. <laughs> not again. Not again. <laughs> See, you can tell he's sort of thinking, and it's just like, well, is he thinking of, because he knows it will be Young's, or are you thinking that um, he's got a kid and wouldn't want that to happen? We are in range. You are clear to make the first trip back. We only have the one shuttle, so time is of the essence. Aye, uh, sir. We have a problem down here. What is it? Some of the people have decided that they would like to stay behind on a planet. Well, you tell them no. <laughs> what, what can I do? Shoot them? <laughs> it's interesting, of course. Yeah, when that happens, it's just like, yeah, you know there's something there. Yeah, that was an emotional response, not a military response. But then I suppose he could have argued if somebody did bring it up, just like, well, she's our only medic. Yeah. Well, that will be his reasoning. Isn't it? Yeah. At least he's having this conversation now with Camille and, and Rush. Yeah. 
And please find something to clean that mirror. There must be something on board to clean the mirror. Fly him back down to the planet after he drops off the ones returning to the ship. Well, look, I can understand some of them wanting to stay, but... And get somebody outside in a spacesuit and clean the windows as well. Right, now you've got one on cleaning the windows in my head. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? What am I going to do? I'm going to make sure they don't stay down there. That's for damn sure. No, no, you cannot force them to come back. No, I think you can. We're going to lose more people through attrition aboard this ship. We simply cannot afford to shed that many people at one time. So what do you expect them to do? Bring them back at gunpoint? Well, if it comes to that, yes. And Rush is actually advocating armed response to civilian protest. How times have changed. Rush is advocating armed response to anyone who threatens his authority and his plan. He doesn't care about the people. Young just wants people back on the ship because he knows that without them doing other things on the ship, he can't find out more. But sort of Young was great because it's just like, now you want to use the military because yeah. you're not having your way. <laughs> just like, make up your mind which way you want it. It's amazing nobody else noticed. But I do like her reaction on this. He's a trainee priest. He's very sensitive to meaningful looks between people. Her reaction, it's sort of almost one of sort of like shame and embarrassment. Yeah, and it's right. those few looks that she sort of gives and the expressions on her face that I think are just sort of very well done. I mean, it's it's a very old fashioned view of it. But the fact is that she did have an affair with a married man. Yeah. For whatever reason, she did get pregnant. I mean, if everything had worked out, she'd be out of the military. She'd be thousands of miles away from Young. He might even never know she was pregnant. You were going to be okay. I don't know, Scott. That's a pretty big promise to make. I'll be here. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. A very nice scene there from TJ and Scott. Big brother, I suppose you could call him. Not the father of the child, but taking the responsibility that he didn't do with his uh, previous child. Have you gone mad? Oh, man, look, I really don't want to argue with You're you. You're letting them stay? Not all of them. How are you getting them the shuttle? The damaged shuttle. It's not damaged anymore. Didn't you say that the shuttle may never be fully functional? We may need the shuttle for any I number of reasons. I am not going to leave those people down there with you nothing. You cannot let them stay. I have made my decision. Yeah, go with this one, Rush. Remember, you're injured. Yeah, but uh, there's still some issues as to whether it can hold up through atmospheric entry. Questions that are about to be answered. <laughs> He's not sure if the shuttle will fly. Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? Well, it looks like Scott's just found out what's going to happen. Uh, Eli just radioed. Colonel Young is on his way down here. Why? How? <laughs> Daddy's coming. <laughs> Her expression. <laughs> oh, <Yes>. crap. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're entering upper atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the... Uh, He's like, eh. Heat shields are working. <laughs> Good. Well, you'd find out pretty quickly that they weren't. Just not for very long. So far, so good. Well, those famous last words. Come on, hold it together. Yeah, right there. I think it's good that you actually see people actually looking around in the air. Yeah, and he could be actually entering the atmosphere on the other side of the planet. Because what you'd usually see is on like the other series is you would literally just get a shot of it being seen you wouldn't have got people looking around yeah there should have been at least a few sonic booms yeah you won't be able to get off again he knows that but like i said there's two shuttles down now he only needs one the thing is everybody else doesn't know that has anyone changed their minds about returning to the ship no only young knows that at this point that the shuttle right. can't go back up here's the deal i'm leaving the damaged shuttle behind for those who 
want to stay. You can use it for shelter and power, fly around in short hops on the surface. You will not be able to leave the atmosphere, so don't even try. What it will do is give you guys a fighting chance while you are down here, especially with winter on the way. Thank you, Colonel. I know this isn't... I'm not easy. finished. I will leave it for you only under one condition. All military personnel will return with me to destiny. And I suppose this is the only resolution that could be. You can't get people back on destiny at gunpoint because they are never going to cooperate with you after that. Yeah, and it's just going to have mm. another episode like you just had, so they don't really want to repeat it. Yeah. They're not giving up. That ship is the best chance we have of getting home. I disagree, sir. <laughs> and this is where Jung's reputation is actually working in his favour. Whoever created this planet will provide for us. They they can't be sure he won't do it. Mm. He's shown that he will follow through as well. Yeah. Are they really going to take that chance? And the thing is, everybody apart from two can stay. Okay, as you said, the episode title, Faith, and this is what Dr. Kane has got. But it's not just a wretch. It's also, why is he so sort of like just like what was he really doing sort of if you're on this scientific station on another planet yeah generally scientists don't tend to make such illogical decisions the discipline necessary to do science precludes the self-delusion required for faith like scott it could be education when he was a boy which is you know, kind of born through all this trial and tribulations there are a lot of people of science who do have faith but are not zealots about it. Yeah, the whole thing that he's doing, oh, it's all from above. Well, I've got to say, the close-up of TJ here, directed by William Waring, is brutal. Every emotion is seen on her face, every detail. This was a nasty piece of work by Young, but it works. Because once she moves, then it's like dominoes. Everything else falls into place. Seedlings. So everyone came back? All the military and of course the civilians that wanted to come back anyway. Those that volunteered to stay, stayed. They're going to die horribly, aren't they? You've seen the series before, haven't you? Yes. But I deliberately blocked off that particular memory so I can enjoy it again while I watch it on this. And I can remain surprised. I remember the destination, I just don't recall the journey. Now that is of you. Yeah. Not happy though. <laughs> no, but then that goes back to her when she was talking to Eli, talking about regrets of actually not going down to the planet. Yeah, even a few weeks, paradise mm. might have made all the difference. But then again, once you've had that little taste, could you go back? Oh, yeah. And jump back into FTL. I'm sorry you didn't get your wish. And what wish was that? Aliens advanced enough that they could build a star system. Finally, somebody you could have a decent conversation with. I like this scene. <laughs> somebody in this universe you don't look down on. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy chess. And of course, another open hand. I enjoy chess. you think Roy would play 3D chess. What, play the made-up game from a TV series? No, I don't think so. Uh, Colonel, do you have a moment? Anyway, 
I wanted to better explain my reasons for choosing to stay behind. Look, I uh, realize you're probably not hungry at the dinner, but I am. I hear they're serving up a feast in the mess, so why don't we talk about it later? Sir. Later. Gut's trying to get back on Young's good side. He's like the puppy that's whittled on the floor and realizes he's made a mistake, so he brings the bone <laughs> to his owner. What if that planet was a lifeline and we just let it go? I can't pretend to answer that, Matthew. No one can. So, God in his infinite wisdom, instead of giving the information to how to control the ship, he built you a planet. Mm. Mysterious ways and all that. <laughs> yes, quite right, yeah. Perhaps he knows that the Earth is doomed and this will be the rebirth of mankind. But the thing is, if it was somewhere that... There's sufficient genetic diversity in that many people to populate planets. The is, if it's somewhere that would have been a good place to stay and to settle then sort of it wouldn't have shown that. Rather than carefully hoarding the food, they're just wasting it at a feast. Well, they haven't got any freezing facilities or stasis facilities. They've got to eat the fresh stuff. That's why they brought all the seedlings on. Yeah. I'm just wondering, though, half the crew now are getting all this fresh fruit. There's probably going to be a few digestive issues in the next few days. Okay then, folks, that was Faith. One of the more, well, I can say this whole series is pretty much character-driven, but this episode more than many others. No real action as such. You have to be totally committed to the characters to really enjoy it. And even though I think some of the arguments that were being made, particularly by Dr. Kane, are a bit ridiculous, it worked. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a different type of episode that, again, you don't get to see on the other stargate series or even in a lot of sci-fi series there's usually some sort of action or something like that it's never really sort of i mentioned that sort of like the monument looked like voyager but even then that was they were getting memories and there's all sorts of things going on but yeah. this one it was literally it was just about the characters yeah this was just some strange building on this uninhabited world which came out of nowhere you know the science everything they know about science doesn't explain it no explanations given about this monument, this obelisk, the mysterious light being beamed down in space. It could be anything. It could be a message. It could be, I don't know, perhaps this is a destination planet for these aliens that come for a disco every now and again. I don't know. <laughs> and I'd like to say that all gets explained. But like so many things, all through Stargate, they'd lay down a lot of ideas. They'd always use most of them, but there'd be two or three every season or every other season that never go anywhere. And some of them, you just... I mean, the Furlings are the classic one. Mm. I mean, they made a joke of that eventually, but <laughs> yeah. Universe never really went far enough to make jokes about itself. No, but the thing is, especially with Stargate Universe, the writers, with most of these things, you, they were probably expecting at least five years. So to wrap up a storyline every couple of episodes probably wasn't on their sort of to-do list. So something like this, there was no reason that it should have been wrapped up in the time that they had. Oh yeah, at this point, they were probably looking at pretty much guaranteed a second season because they knew in advance the numbers they had to get for the sci-fi channel to put up the money. Mm. So they must have been pretty sure they were covered for a second season. Well, I think they did get, they were guaranteed two seasons as long as they got a certain amount of viewers. Yeah, although sci-fi didn't help them with changing nights and was at the end of series one, the very last episode, they had a two-week gap on because of a holiday rather than actually doing it as a double episode. So, of course, this is just like, ah, oh, the last se last of the season had crap viewing numbers. It's just like, well, when you don't tell people it's actually going to be on <laughs> two weeks' time. Yeah, it doesn't help, does it? Yeah. 
any show needs full commitment of uh, the broadcaster and the uh, production company behind it. Otherwise, it's it's never really going to get there. Yeah, it's one of the good things about Netflix is the fact that you know it's going to be there. It's They don't take the breaks for holidays. If it's on a weekly schedule, it gets released every single week. It doesn't matter what the holidays are. If it's on a schedule where it just dumps the entire series, you just get the entire thing. You know exactly what you're going to be getting. But when it comes to sort of the cable channels in America and everything else, the way they keep organising that and the way that they base all their ratings on is just so outdated. It's one of the reasons they looked at CBS Broadcasting and CBS Online. You know, the, the demographic is totally different. Mm. CBS's broadcast network, the age group is way up there. You know, they really want to build their online services. That people don't watch, youngsters do not watch CBS because there isn't that natural online portal. Hopefully CBS Online will address that, for them anyway. Not to mention that people can watch it on their tablets and even their phones, because most phones these days have got decent enough screen to actually watch the programmes. Yeah, there's a reason the CW is so successful. Oh, yeah. You can watch it on any device you want. Yeah, hopefully that's going to work out for them, and especially with the new Star Trek series that they're doing. That's very Netflix fair. Global. Yeah, that's Netflix Global apart from Canada and the United States. Yeah, you can learn. I've been checking. The handy thing about Jakob is I can ask him, is this show on Netflix? Is this show on Netflix? Because he has Netflix in Finland, so I can check what's got to be there. <laughs> so I know what I have to watch before I leave. Uh, I just wish Netflix hadn't got rid of Stargate. Yeah, that's what I've been doing my rewatches on. I know. I mean, Netflix kept me sane in Finland, televisually speaking. I was watching an average of four to five episodes a day, seven days a week sort of thing that i do on a normal night <laughs> okay then folks that was faith next week we are going to be looking at the episode human friday on an all-new stargate universe i'm dr daniel jackson you're going to tell me about the stargate program what the hell's going on this is the only way to unlock control of the ship leaving him in there's going to kill him it's just a matter of time God. dr rush michael shanks guest stars on an all-new stargate universe this friday at nine only on sci-fi imagine greater if everything works out, Thomas will be joining us for that. Steve, thank you very much for joining us this Saturday evening. Thank you for having me back. Not a problem. You're always a pleasure to talk to. Thank you. Do you want to give any information about the many podcasts you work behind the scenes on or guest on? Um, yeah, I can do. Um, I produce and host a Star Trek weekly podcast called Tribbles and Ecstasy. Um, I also produce and host Frack Stars. That's about Battlestar Galactica, the revamped version. And I also help out on the G&T show and Priority One and a couple of others. And I bemoan doing one episode a week. (laughs) (laughs) I recall several years ago, Kevin Batchelder mentioned that his wife once asked him, when are you going to get paid for doing this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my wife said the same thing a couple of times. (laughs) At least you have a wife to complain a bit. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to get in touch with us, here are the details. We'd love to uh, get any feedback from you. Currently, Mac is uh, waving the flag for, over on Google Plus for Stargate Universe feedback. We'd love to hear more views about the episode or Stargate in general. If you do fancy getting in touch with us, then you can do so via the contact form, which is on our website, which is at gatecast.co.uk. Or you can send us an email using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Google Plus and are carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio. You'll find all the links on our website. If you have a minute, then a rating or review on either of those services would be most welcome. The standalone RSS feed, which lists every episode we've released, can also be found on our website, under Mission Reports. 
That link can be copied and manually added to a podcatcher, and will give you direct access on that device to all the shows, unlike iTunes, which only lists the previous 25. Right then, let's wrap up. Come try ya! Okay then, join us next week for Human, but for now, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And I've been Steve. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Lovely.